Hello, I'm your podcast host, Hannah Lynn, and welcome to an episode of Can I Have Your Number? In this podcast, we dive into heartfelt conversations with inspiring guests who share their stories, struggles, and triumphs from career changes to personal growth, relationships, and everything in between. We explore the human experience with authenticity and vulnerability. But that's not all. In this podcast, we also delve into the transformative power of the Enneagram. Discover how understanding your Enneagram number can unlock profound self-awareness and enhance our connections with others. So whether you're new to the Enneagram or a seasoned explorer, join us on this journey to self-discovery and human connection. Without further ado, this is Can I Have Your Number? On today's episode, I am joined by my friend Maria, who I met on social media. And Maria is an Enneagram 3. Enjoy. We were discussing before I started recording about how it's like, it's so strange to feel like you have this friend that you've made on social media that you've never met. So this is the first time we are meeting and getting to know each other, but I have followed you for a while and you've just been an inspiration to me. Um, I've loved watching how you show up in the world, uh, in particular, your connections with your family and your friends and your neighbors. And then just so much of your parenting has been so amazing to watch. And as a fellow like single mom, it's been really nice to connect with somebody else in that way. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much. It's such an honor. Those are such kind words. And I just, if, you know, you show up on social media and you're just kind of like floating things out into the universe and you have no idea, like if it's landing. And so yeah. I'm just honored and I'm, I'm excited that we met. Yay. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it is. It's one of those things that you hope is right. Cause why else are you really posting it? But right. <laughs> to have someone like, like reach out. therapy. <laughs> well, that's true too. Let's yeah. be honest. There are a lot of times I'm like, I am putting this out into the world because I just need to say it to somebody. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so this podcast is focusing in on the Enneagram and how it shows up in our life. And I know that you know your number and you're aware of the Enneagram. So I'm, I was so excited Um, to reach out and ask if you knew, and not only do you knew, but you have some like family connections with the Enneagram. So really, how did you come to know of the Enneagram? And then how did you know what your number was? Yeah. So I'll try not to give like too much backstory, but I think that it's kind of helpful to hear. So um, my mom went through some career changes um, over the last 15 years. So she was like an executive assistant, you know, corporate world, hardcore, like type A personality, right? And then she shifted into becoming an artist. And so she was a ceramics artist and she still is. And then she shifted again and went back to school uh, to be a, um, to do spiritual guidance, spiritual direction. Uh, And um, now she's an end of life doula and a chaplain. And so her, so she's quite this change, right? Like 180 after 180 after 180. And in the process, the Enneagram, I think was something that kept popping up. And so uh, recently she, well, I say recently, but it was probably three years ago. I feel like after the pandemic, it's like last year, but really three years ago. Yeah, 
Um, she joined the Institute and was attending meetings with a lot of people here in Minneapolis, um, and learning about it. And so she'd be like, I really think you need to like learn and, and get into this. And, um, so she'd send me links to take like, you know, the test and it wasn't the official, like the big, huge one, but just kind of like to get an idea of where you land. And I think I took it three or four times because, as a, I mean, this is like, since I was a kid as yeah. a test taker, I would answer the question and then change it. And then be like, well, you know, like right. I overanalyze. <laughs> and I think that is yeah. part of me being a three, like this need to like, yeah, exactly. Which is hilarious to me. So <laughs> I think I waffled between a couple different numbers and then she kept being like, you're a three, you're a three, you're a three. And so then I just kind of leaned into that and she, she knows more about it, which I'm sure you do as well. And I'm forgetting like your heart center and, you know, a couple of the other ones where I might lean one way or the other, but yeah, yeah. The three just was kind of like, yeah, this is definitely, definitely. So, um, the achiever, the, you know, um, need for, um, yeah, I'm trying to like recall all of the yeah. different things that it said. Cause I even had to look it up again yesterday to just be like, oh yeah, this is definitely me. Um, but very driven, right? Like I always have to be doing something, um, always have to be like, what's the next thing I'm doing. I'm a very busy person. Um, yeah. Yeah. What I thought was interesting too, is I don't know if you yeah. do love languages <laughs> thing and what your love language is. Yeah. Words of affirmation are <laughs> funny when you look at the achiever like you need that like you need that feedback so anyway yeah so that's that's kind of how I heard about it initially and and um yeah and that's one of the things that I do love about the Enneagram is you can take the test for sure but you're gonna maybe get your top three and then go from there like I have had some people go from seven to three to four and then yeah. finally land on four and like, finally I'm figuring it out. And for me, it really narrowed down to a nine and a two and I'm a nine. And yeah. I had to ask myself yeah. some like really tough questions about myself. Things like, I'm like, am I saying I don't do that because I don't do that? Or am I saying I don't do that because I don't like that about myself, you know? So it's, it's, yeah. And that's what the Enneagram does is it does show you some yeah, parts right, of yourself. Right. That like, yeah, like, like, I don't really <laughs> like that about myself, but once you come to an acceptance of it, it's so helpful. Yeah. Um, it's, right. it's just one of those things. Like you were talking about yeah. how you're like, I can't remember if it's the heart center or the gut or the head. And it's, it's, it's really interesting. Cause like, even to bring that up, with threes, they're in the heart center. So they're feeling centered, but with threes, that is like, they're, that's like almost the counter type. Like, and I don't know if you have experience with this because it all depends on your various levels of like self-awareness and health, but threes will instinctually go into feeling and then be like, Oh, feelings are going to not be productive. So I need to kind of like control my feelings and use my feelings and let my feelings use me which mm-hmm. is interesting because yeah. as a nine as well, we're the gut gut triad. So it's yeah. doing, but also it's a similar situation where it's like my instinct is to do, but then all of a sudden I start to backtrack and be like, why I can't do that. And I start to have a lot of self-talk and, and deprecation in that area. 
So even like some of that is just like yeah. these fascinating nuances of the Enneagram that like help you see how you are showing up and what you're doing. Um, so once you kind of knew that you yeah. were three and I love that your mom was like, you're a three, because I, <laughs> I tell people all the time, I'm like, I can't type you. You got to figure that out for yourself. Yeah. And yet they're like, I don't know if I'm this or that. And I'm back of my mind. I'm like, oh, you are this number. I just need you to get there. But, um, so, but what would be some of like your earliest indicators? We don't really yeah. want to type children, but like now as an adult knowing you mentioned a little bit about like high school and testing, like how did it show up in your earlier years? Do you think? So, yeah, I think what I, you know, now that you can kind of like pinpoint some of these things and then look back on Mm -hmm. how things Mm -hmm. went for you. Right. So I'm a child of divorce. So, and I, and I'm an only child. And so I'm going to, hopefully yeah. this comes off the right it way. Comes but as them. an only child, people will be like, Oh, you're an only child. Right. Like, you know, and so I fought that a lot, right? Like, I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to okay. be, you know, yeah. this like, um, privileged, spoiled, only child. Right. And so anyway, so that was kind of always in the back of my mind, um, not to be that kid, but I grew up with a lot of those words of affirmation, a lot of validation, a lot of people in my life, um, a lot of cheerleaders. I mean, I'm very grateful for that. Right. And so that feeling of what it felt like to get those words, that's, that's one area. Um, I also never, ever wanted to disappoint my family. So the idea of being a disappointment, not achieving whatever that meant was like not acceptable for to me. Right. So, um, in school, right. Making sure that I was getting amazing grades, um, anything that I'm going to attempt, like I want to do it well. And when you look at some of those markers, it's like, oh gosh, like that started very early. Um, and then just kind of continued. I mean, the worst thing for me was to be told I was it is like your core fear is to like be that was disappointment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. 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 Um, and then I think also like in my family, my immediate family, you know, um, nobody went to college. There was no higher education, right? Or they started college, but nobody finished. And so there was some pressure there, yeah. um, not in a bad way, but just pressure that like you're going to be the first one, you know? And so when, yeah, yeah, I mean, those kinds of things, you know, just kind of are innately just in the back of your head. Um, And then early on in my career as well, just thinking, I don't, I'm not, um, I don't ever want to settle. Right. And I always want to be like, okay, I did that. Now what's the next thing I did that. Now what's the next thing? Like there's this need to always be learning and growing. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm climbing any ladder. It just, that there's always growth happening and, um, it's not about complacency or anything like that. It's just like making sure that there is a goal set and that I'm working towards that every day. 
So yeah, yeah I think th those are, yeah. and that happened no, on early Our threes are extremely well. goal-driven. Um, um, and it's fun that you had a lot of cheerleaders because threes are also really big cheerleaders. Like in a team aspect and environment, they're going to be the biggest cheerleader because they're trying to achieve. So they're like, yes, let's get on board. Yeah. Um, every, everybody get on board, you know? <laughs> and And very much so. I mean, I'm definitely, mm -hmm. I think, you know, when you're looking at those threes too, like a healthy three versus mm -hmm. un unhealthy three. And for me, it's always yeah. remembering to be humble, right? Not that I did the thing, we did the thing, right? Like even in, even when I'm working at, um, on a project, um, yeah. it's very much like, I want to make sure that we are all feeling like we did it together. Everyone's, you know, appreciated. Yeah. Everyone yeah. is um, given those words of affirmation, which is funny because for some people, they just don't care, you know, like that's not even, the thing. but yeah. I'm, you know, I'm very big on like making sure that whoever, you know, got had the idea, they're the one that gets the credit and, um, and always yeah. staying humble because like, it's so easy on the, on the threes to like slip into yeah. ego, slip into the ego. Right. And I yeah. don't want to do that. Like I don't uh, there's so like much because humble, part of this as well. So, you know, still I, I want to go into subtypes. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. you're familiar with those, but also, also gender roles as well, a little bit, because I feel like with threes and eight females, it's such an, they're so unique and interesting to me because I think three and eights are really easily accepted as males. Like, like you were just talking about, it's like really easy in our society to say like males to, to be that singular presenting that they accomplish things. Like we don't question that, but in a lot of ways for females, it's like, well, wait, you need to be this hum like humble right. and you, you really need to be more like caring and, and giving. And so that message comes across to us no matter what Enneagram number we connect with. And so I think that a lot of times when I see threes or eights and females, they are the, the social subtype. Are you familiar with the subtypes? Okay. Yeah. So subtypes are where your instinct and priority no, goes. No, so you so have your core motivation, which, um, you know, for a three is to be successful and achieve. And then then your priority, where's your priority, like methods in life. So there is, um, self-preservation where you're like, I need to take care of my own needs. I need to make sure that I am good and I'm solid. And then there's, um, one-to-one, -one, which is like, you prioritize mm -hmm. your main romantic, typically main romantic or your main relationship in your life. And then there's social, which is the group. And so I think that a lot of times with eights and three females that they become social okay. because they're like, well, I want to achieve, but society tells me as a female, I should like spread that, yeah. you know, like, so do you find it hard? Do you find it hard for you then as a three to have this dichotomy of like wanting to yeah. achieve or, and then, but also not wanting to like have that spotlight or do you find that in the balance with being social like the group mm. yeah that i mean i fill my calendar i really do fill my calendar um and uh, that's a hard question right. I feel like because i <laughs> yeah. find hard um just an interesting one to try and like answer I do think that, um, 
I do think that I like, I want to be social and I want to keep myself busy, but I don't know that it's necessarily like, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to relate it to this, the, okay. the idea of gender roles. So I'm just going to talk for a moment and, um, and then you stop me, but, um, mm. I will say, so I fight gender roles a lot. Um, but I also, there's a part of me that mm -hmm. it is, it is just innate, right. Wanting to nurture my children, uh, you know, the home, things like that. But when it comes to, you know, um, how I showed up in my marriage, right. I very much was like, listen, I'm not in charge of the house because I'm the woman and you're not yeah. in charge of the outside. Cause you're the man. These are, this is our house and our things that we're doing together in work. Mm -hmm. I am in a very male dominated industry, right? IT. And as a consultant yeah. as well, yeah. there are not, you know, a ton of women in, in these organizations. Right. And so as far as fighting gender roles there as yeah. well, Yes, I'm definitely like, I want to see at the table. How do I get a seat at the table? You know, finding ways to um, yeah, show yeah, up and right? make that work. But, you know, I think women in the workplace, right, we're seen as like aggressive and things like, I mean, I hear this a lot. I don't, I don't necessarily yeah. feel that, to be honest. Yeah. I'm also not an aggressive person. Yeah. I very much am like, you know, mm -hmm. smiley and happy and getting, you know what I mean? I'm getting my way to the table, but in a different method, right? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, talk yeah. a little bit more about that. Yeah. So the... I get that. And I, I think that that is yeah, how and just kind you of... almost resolve it in some ways, like you're confident in being an achiever in the actions, like the things that you can do. So the goal setting, the, the pushing, the knowing that it's out there. Cause I'm also very much like gender roles out the window type of person, and as a nine, I'm always trying to avoid conflict. So that's hard because that's in conflict, which is yeah. what society is saying. And so you have to kind of find a way to resolve it. And, um, with the, <clears throat> so it's, it's more about like, if you're in the social realm, it's about, um, for a three, it's kind of focusing on way more on like the prestige and the achievements. So like, did I gain this position? And that's where you're comfortable sitting in, not necessarily like, whereas if you're in the one-to-one, -one, it's like charisma. Like I need to be seen as like the, the best, um, like one who can work the room the best, like everyone, you know? Yes. So it would show up more that where as well as like a, a counter or the yeah. self-preservation is yeah. way more about security and material wealth. Like I need to just materially accomplish all of these things because then I'm secure. So yeah, you feel that way about getting security. So, okay, yeah, so maybe secure, you would be I more of a, which the subject I do. Yeah. And I don't mm. know, honestly, yeah. Hannah, I don't know if that's because yeah. I am solo, you know, what I, mean? I know. Like, there it's no, true. there's no backup plan. There's no one that's going to like fly in and help me. Right. So, yeah, you know, so you do, you have to, like, I have to have, yeah. I have to achieve because I have to, you know, I have set up this life for me and my daughters. If I am not achieving it, if I'm not moving forward and, you know, whatever, like 
I, we need this home. We need this car. We need, you know what I mean? And I'm not living beyond my means, but I want us to have a good life and I want us to be happy. And I want us to have, you know, I want my girls to have the things that it um, is that they need. I was going to say that usually it all all with subtypes, you vacillate between them, similar to wings and um, the wing numbers, which sit on either side, you can use them and life will call for different situations at different times. So for, for me, I'm a one-to-one primarily, like that's where I'm most comfortable Yeah. when I'm not in a relationship, I don't have anywhere for that to go. So I shift, I have to shift into, um, for me, like it might be self-preservation or things like that. So, and I think typically you, you look at like two of them as more of your dominant and like one is just kind of more of an afterthought, you know? So that's the way that subtypes usually show up. Mm -hmm. Um, speaking of wings though, I, I was like, oh, three makes so much okay. sense because I feel like sitting on either side is two and four and you're a really creative person. Like I see you creating all the time and really aesthetically, like so many, your house is beautiful. Your backyard is yeah. gorgeous. And you're always giving people like tips and tricks on things to do. So like, <laughs> do, are you pretty solid on like, you're like, I'm a four wing or do you see them <laughs> both show up in your life? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I um I think at one point I had thought seven um and four, but I can't yeah. remember for sure. I'd have to go back and look again. Um, but that was hard yeah. because I do so I mean I have two side businesses. Yeah. One of which is handmade things that I make. So, you know, and I'm always trying new mediums because I'm not yeah. <laughs> master of none. I would, yeah. What is that? What is yeah. that phrase? It's like yeah. uh jack of all trades or you know, master of none or something yeah. like that. Yeah, right. So it's like I, yeah. I want to try new things all the time. Like that's what I think is fun and figure out what mediums I really, really enjoy. Um and what would happen yeah. is that I'd be like, Oh, I want to try this thing. Well, I'm not gonna just make one of them, I'm gonna make like 50. And then how am I gonna offload these 50 things I made? And so I had started this business, gosh, at least 15 years ago um, and used to do art shows and craft shows and stuff like that, um, you know, of yeah. course, before the pandemic. So so that was one kind of like way that I was getting creativity out. Um, and then this other this yeah. other business of, you know, just like style coaching and personal shopping, which is creative in a very different way. It's not... Um, I'm yeah. not making anything. It's very much a, a, yeah. a yeah. mind creativity thing, I guess, or, you know what I mean? And helping other people. Right. So that helper side is in there as well. And so, yeah. um, so yeah, it was like, that, I think, <laughs> yeah. in, you know, when you talk about like the yeah. questions that you go through, like, oh, it could be this, like, yeah, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely I see, I see different yeah, ones kind of we pop can up in see those ways. ourselves um, in every number. Like and, I always say that to help people it's too. not yeah. like, you're like, oh, I'm not a four. So I'm not creative. Like that, it, that's not, ex- that not exists. It just really does come down to like, at the end of the day, what is my core motivation? And in some of the workshops that I give, I talk about how I go through like yeah. an example right. of 
a situation and I call it the Disney best friend trip because this actually happened with me and my best friend who's an Enneagram five. And we were first time going on like a solo, just us to no kids trip. And in preparation of that, we made this like laminated Excel sheet with like yeah. things that we wanted to eat, rides that we wanted to go on and had it with us. Right. And I remember talking to somebody about that and they're like, that is not very Enneagram nine because Enneagram nines are so go with the flow, like really casual. And I was like, I think that we could take this experience, this behavior and apply it to every single number because my motivation was, I don't want to get there and like have conflict about what we want to do. So I'm going to do like all of this advanced work. So it's right there. And we we can go with the flow in that situation. And she's a five. So she's like, I need to know all of the things before I go, (laughs) you know? So, but we could go through it for every single number. Um, yeah, like even with the three, it's like to say, like, look what I made. Like I made this really amazing thing. It's super helpful. Everybody loves it. And I'm able to do all of the things that I want to do. I can achieve everything that I wanted to. It's like this checklist that I can say I got to do. So I go through. exactly I'm the best at this right I'm the best Disney person to go with so every single number can have the same exact behavior and we can see it but it's like the why are you doing it that's so helpful because now I know how to interact you know Mm -hmm. now I know how and why you're doing that like if a two was to do that that would be because they're like I want to help you because I love you And what they need back is like that love in return. And so if maybe I was just like, oh, you just, you made this, that's great. And just was dismissive about it. You know, a five might take, might might not take offense to that. Cause like, well, I just did this because I needed it. Whereas a two is like, I really needed you to acknowledge that I did this, (laughs) you know, like, so I just find that it's so helpful to navigate through life with when you know your number and you know, other people's numbers. Um, I have a unique connection. I feel like not a unique, I have a um, personal connection with threes because, um, when, when nines are really healthy, they show up as threes in the world. Okay. And so when I'm doing well, I am more forward facing. Like I care about how I present in the world and I want to work. I actually want to take action towards things to get goals done because nines can be very much like, who am I? I'm not really all that special. Like they can take on a lot of that and just be really go with the flow and they'll take on everybody else's ideas. It's really easy to do. So I personally like just love threes. Cause I'm like, well, when I'm great, I'm a three, <laughs> you know, I'm a three. Do you, do you find it hard to then like advocate for yourself if you're avoiding conflict and also wanting to go with the flow, but yeah like to try and advocate for what do I want in this moment or yeah, I want to show up and 100%. It was one of the biggest things like growing up to be able to have that freedom. So in high school, I was very three presenting. You would have thought I was a three in high school. I was like, I needed a 4.0 GPA. You know, a lot of the things you described, I was very similar, um, which is interesting because like essentially as a nine, I'm trying to protect that child in me to, to be like seen, um, and I'm forward facing and like, um, you know, 
able to say I accomplished things, but somewhere along the way, I got the message that like being out there is not appropriate. Like it's, it's not okay for you to just like, Hey, Hey, look at me, you know, like that was some message that I got. And so I've tried to protect that person. Um, but it has shown up. So like I said, in high school, I got married at like 20. I met my, my husband when I was in high school. So all of a sudden I shifted into this role and it was immediate for me to like basically enmesh my life with him. Um, he was in the military. He had signed up for the military. He was in the army. So I just went straight into being like, Oh, okay. I'm a military wife, you know? And I moved wherever he moved. And then when we moved back to where I currently live now in Oregon, it was like, Oh yeah, I want to go get my degree. I want to do these things. I still had some autonomy, but once I had my kids, especially I was like, now I just need to go with the flow with everybody else to make sure there's just, everything's good. And, um, there were times where at my work, I was getting noticed. I was, you know, being asked to apply for positions, but I would have to move. And I didn't even really broach the subject with my husband. I was like, I can't do that. Like we can't move from my job. There's no way. So um, I do feel like my, I just enmeshed, he opened up in his own business and I went full force into that. Right. Like I supported everything in, in that. Um, and I never continued to push for myself. So now, you know, I've been divorced for two years and it's more now my time. <laughs> so I'm yeah. stepping back yeah. to that three yeah. Yeah. and I'm finding it interesting in navigating new relationships. Um, it's been a lot better. The self-awareness piece has allowed me to speak up, allowed me to say the things that would typically have scared me in the past. So the Enneagram has really helped me not be afraid of conflict as much. And yeah. And to hear you say that, like, I can't ask him to move for my job, but here you are moving. Yeah. Every like three, Everywhere. Four, <laughs> like, all over. I know. And, yeah. 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 Good for you. That's good. Yeah. 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 But threes, so threes will actually flow into a nine when they're when they're not in health. Okay. And so they will be to explore further how an Enneagram three shows up as an Enneagram nine in times of stress. Join me next week as we continue this interview with Maria. Thank you so much for joining. And until the next time, this is your host, Hannah Lynn on Can I Have Your Number?